Good morning and welcome to First United Methodist Church of Waynesville. It's a joy to see you this morning. My name is Scott Taylor. I'm the Director of Music and Worship Arts here. And we are so glad that you are with us for this morning of worship and Holy Communion. I have a few announcements about the life of the church. These opportunities for us to go and to run towards being the church together. This afternoon is our annual pick picking celebration. Um, every year we do this in the first uh, week of June, and so far, one in six years, we've not had a threat of rain. So it's a lot of fun for us. Um, we have uh, inflatables that'll be here for the kids, um, uh, free barbecue, free bluegrass music. It's really meant to be a time for us to sit outside in the courtyard. Um, to watch other people square dance if you're me, and to, um, and to enjoy good food and good friends and, and just have a, a moment like this as a church before our summer gets launched. Um, so we, we are praying for no rain because it's, it's so much fun when we're outdoors. But if it does rain, we still have the event. We move into the gymnasium and we put all the inflatables in there and we've got tables and we'll still have the bluegrass and it's whitewater bluegrass. So Uncle Ted's going to be coming and leading us all in a lot of fun this afternoon. So the inflatables will be set up and ready to go at four o'clock. So that's when a lot of the kids will arrive and, and, and start playing. Um, the band will be set up and ready to play at 5.30, and the food will be served sometime, or will, will, will be ready for serving sometime between then. Now, you're welcome to just come, but it does help the church, even at this point, um, if you can RSVP. So there's a blue sheet of paper, I think, in your bulletin, and if you can drop that in the uh, offering plate for us, We'll go ahead and register that. Helps us make sure that we have enough food. We are, we are going to make more food uh, than we need, of course, but it helps us uh, to, to make a judgment call there. So that's pick picking this afternoon, starting at 4. Um, beginning on Thursday night, and there is a registration card here too, um, Bible Times will be beginning, and our subject this year is going to be the, the story of Daniel and Daniel's courage and captivity. Um, recalling the story of the Hebrew people when they were held captive in the land of Babylon and Persia. Um, so that is on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday nights, and then we have a big celebration on Sunday morning. Karis Either, excuse me, Karis Either has texted me and asked me to, um, to say that, I want to get this right, um, that we need, uh, we need more tribe leaders and more assistant tribe leaders. What we aim for here is to have uh, enough adults so that we can have a one to two um, ratio of adult to children or something better, if possible. So there's opportunities for volunteers. It's a lot of fun. It's kind of an all hands on deck. We um, will have around 150 kids at the church uh, this week, um, each of those nights for Bible times. Also, I want to point our, our mind two weeks down the road, almost two weeks down the road, and we have the return of the Smoky Mountain Conducting Institute. Um, Dwight Oltman is a member of our church. He used to be the conductor of the San Jose Ballet and the Cincinnati Bach Festival, um, a numerous prestigious positions, and he puts on this institute now. This is the second year he's done it where he'll bring an orchestra in here and, um, and we'll offer music for a night. Um, this is Saturday, June 16th at 7.30. And it won't just be Dwight conducting, it'll be uh, conductors from around the world who come to study with him for this week. 
and it's a wonderful concert. We have a great time on it, and our chamber choir from the church and our chancel choir will be singing on that program as well. So that's two weeks down the road, Saturday, June 16th at 7.30, and it is, of course, a free concert. Finally, I was, uh, I saw him this morning, but I wanna thank Kevin Murphy. Did he step out? He's out in the lobby, of course, the ushering guests. I want to thank Kevin Murphy and all those who helped us um, pull off such a successful community impact day yesterday. We had people from our church going all over Haywood County um, work, and all over Waynesville, painting, um, serving our community, being the hands and feet of Christ. And I appreciate all of you who participated in that wonderful event with us as well. It was a great day of service and community service and um, and and. Uh, a place for us to launch into our summer where we have so many opportunities to serve this community. So thank you, Kevin. Thank you all who participated in that. I also want to thank Reverend Jim Carell um, for being with us this morning, for leading our service of Holy Communion, and for taking us into, into this time of prayer together. Our scripture reading for today is found in the 8th chapter of the book of the Acts of the Apostles beginning with the 26th verse. Then an angel of the Lord said to Philip, get up and go, to the south, go, go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a wilderness road. So he got up and went. Now there was an Ethiopian eunuch a court official of the Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, in charge of her entire treasury. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning home. Seated in his chariot, he was reading the prophet Isaiah. Then the spirit said to Philip, go over to this chariot and join it. So Philip ran up to it and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah. He asked, do you understand what you're reading? He replied, how can I unless someone guides me? Then he invited Philip to get in and sit beside him. Now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this, like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter and like a lamb silent before its shearer. So he does not open his mouth. In his humiliation, Justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, about whom, may I ask you, does the prophet say this? About himself or about someone else? Then Philip began to speak, and starting with this scripture, he proclaimed to him the good news about Jesus. As they were going along the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, look, here's water. What is to prevent me from being baptized? He commanded the chariot to stop, and both of them, Philip and the eunuch, went down to the water. Philip baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at Azotus, and he was passing through, as he was passing through the region, he proclaimed the good news to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. Here ends the reading. 
the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I was home in Cherokee from college for the summer and my best friend Derek and I decided to go on a backpacking trip. And so we uh, loaded up all of our gear and we uh, hiked up the mountain and we, we came across one of those backcountry shelters that are conven- conveniently put along the way. And it was starting to get dark and so we decided that we would just stay in the in this shelter for the night and um, we began to, uh, to set up camp before it got dark. If you've ever seen one of these shelters, at least this one in particular, I know there are different kinds. Uh, it's like just a, a small cabin with um, the front wall completely gone. Instead of a wall, there's just fencing to keep the bears out. But inside was this lovely little stone fireplace. And then on the back wall are two rows of bunks. They're connected. You can put about six people on the bottom bunk, which is just a couple of feet off the ground. And then above that, another six people. So a group could stay there. And so we. We put our uh, sleeping bags on the bottom bunk and uh, began to set up our uh, cook stoves and turn on the gas and we're boiling the water. And that's one of the joys of backpacking is the food that you take in and just eating it with people that you like to be around. And as we were sitting on the hearth of of this stone fireplace um, cooking our supper, uh, we heard something um, outside the shelter. Now, my my buddy Derek... um, He's just gigantic African-American police officer, and he had, uh, he had his gun, and so he pulled his gun out, and I was a pretty tough guy myself, and I pulled out my Rambo knife, and we went outside the shelter, and he went around one side slowly, and I went around the other, and the plan was just to kind of meet in the middle and, and um, to see what was out there. Um, looking back on that, I, I wonder about the wisdom of such a move, but there was nothing, there was no animal. So we were back in, inside, um, back to dinner, and we heard it again. Um, so the same procedure, except we went opposite directions this time, like that would make a difference. Uh, still no animal. Well, the third time, I'm like, Derek, that thing's in here. And so I walked over to the bottom uh, bunk, and I looked down underneath, and a foot in front of my face, were, I was staring right into the face of a skunk. So we ran away. <laughs> we got out of there, and we're, we're, we're standing outside looking at the situation, trying to, de- to decide what to do because it's starting to get dark, and to get somewhere else would have been a, a real hassle. So I quickly ran into my bag and grabbed a can of sardines um, and just poured sardine juice from, from the bunk to the outside where, where we thought, well, we'll just lure it out here, and then Derek can shoot it and our problem will be solved. Well, that was a really bad idea as we thought about it more um, because if you shoot the skunk, we can't stay there anyway. So we just decided to live and let live and we would take our chances and so um, realizing that a skunk is nocturnal, we might not even cross paths. So we moved our stuff up as far away as we could from the skunk on the top bunk and got our cooking gear and just had it up there and and, uh, ate bunk and all was well. At about midnight, 
we were awakened by two hikers who had, who had come in, and they set up their sleeping bags right over where this, we figured this skunk's nest was. And so Derek looked over at me, and I could see his grin in the dark, and he said, should we tell him? I'm like, yeah, we should tell him. So we told him about the skunk, and, he, uh, and they moved their stuff up to the top on the, on the other end. And you know, there's a little bit of noise, they're getting settled, and there's the rustling, and then it's quiet, and then one of the guys speaks up and breaks the silence and says, hey, y'all wanna smoke a doobie? <laughs> so again, Derek looks at me with his big grin, and he said, should I tell him? <laughs> and I said, yeah, tell him. <laughs> and, uh, he says, I'm a police officer. Maybe y'all shouldn't be smoking that stuff. And it got real quiet. And I'd bet anything that they peed their pants over there. When we got up the next morning, they were long gone. There was no trace of these guys. We ran from the skunk. And they ran from us. I think part of the problem in our world today is we run away from people instead of running toward them. Sometimes we don't mean to. I mean, it just happens. It's like we just wake up and it's happened naturally. I mean, I think we tend to gravitate to people who look like us, think like us, believe like us, make the same amount of money as us. It's not easy to shelter with people who are different. And yet it seems clear to me that's what God wants from us. And for the first church, that was an extremely dangerous invitation. At the beginning of our chapter, before the story that Jim read for us, it says... That day a severe persecution began against the church in Jerusalem and all except the apostles were scattered throughout the countryside of Judea and Samaria. Devout men buried Stephen whom they had um, stoned and they made a loud lamentation over him but Saul was ravaging the church by entering house after house dragging off both men and women he committed them to prison. And then we meet Philip again. He's among those who were scattered. And Philip was, was scattered to Samaria. He's running for his life. And he ends up in, in Samaria. And he stops there. Usually Jews and Samaritans run away from each other because there were racial differences because there were differences in religious conviction and practice and who knows what else. But Philip doesn't run away. He tells his story. And healing happens. When we run toward people, usually some kind of healing happens. And it says, as it lists a number of different things, it says in verse 8, because Philip didn't run away, there was great joy 
in that city. Samaria. In our text, God says to Philip, go. When God says go, that usually means something uncomfortable for us. Not always. Go down this wilderness road. Go up to this royal caravan. The Spirit said to Philip, the angel of the Lord said to Philip, go over to that chariot and join it. And I tried to imagine that. I don't know Philip's pedigree. I I never could put my finger on that. Um, Maybe it's just speculative. Was he a fisherman? Was he a tax collector? Was he a farmer? Did he have a vineyard? Was he a shop owner? Maybe his pedigree was high, I don't know. So he sees this royal caravan, and I tried to imagine, what would a royal caravan, it was in a chariot, was it a fancy chariot that was rimmed with gold? And maybe, because it was a queen's chariot. Were there security guards? I'm trying to imagine God saying, go over there and uh, join that group, and how uncomfortable that might seem. You know what struck me in the story? He says that Philip runs to the situation. He runs toward what I would think would be something a little uncomfortable. The man that was in the chariot was an Ethiopian eunuch. The Ethiopians were a Nubian race. They dwelled in in the, the region, the Nile region south of Egypt. This eunuch was a court official, extremely important responsibility. He was in charge of the whole treasury of the queen. Adam Clark, in his old commentary, says, Eunuchs have the care of the bedchamber. The principal employment of eunuchs in the eastern countries, particularly in the apartments of queens and princesses. So a eunuch would be taken as a boy from his village for service to the royal family. And a result of that would be there would be no heir to carry on his name. There are some Old Testament texts that exclude eunuchs from full inclusion in uh, the assembly of God's people. And, and I looked some of those up. Uh, Deuteronomy 23.1, Leviticus 21.20, and I thought I would read one, and then it's, it's pretty graphic, so I decided, no, I won't read it. But the title of, of Deuteronomy 23, is that section is those, include, those excluded from the assembly. Eunuchs numbered among those who were excluded. And so Philip overhears this court official, this eunuch, this Ethiopian eunuch, reading the scriptures. And so Philip says, do you understand what you're reading? He joins this chariot, and there's an opportunity for a conversation, and it just seems to flow quite naturally, which I like. Do you understand what you're reading? And the eunuch's response is, how can, I, how can I understand unless I have someone to guide me? We're better together. We're not as good alone. Did you catch what he was reading from Isaiah chapter 53? This is the passage that he was, seemed stuck on. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter. And like a lamb, silent before its shear. So he does not open his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. And then his his question to Philip is, 
who is, who is the prophet talking about? Is he talking about himself? Or is he talking about someone else? And I wonder if his real question is, is, is he talking about me? Luke doesn't record a whole lot of what Philip says other than he says Philip proclaimed the good news about Jesus. Jesus, the one who was wounded, led like a lamb to the slaughter. Jesus, the resurrected one. Jesus, the great healer. It's interesting to me, I'm not sure what the scroll was like that he had, but in my Bible... If you flip over one page from Isaiah 53, you get to Isaiah 56. And it says, Do not let the foreigner joined to the Lord say, The Lord will surely separate me from his people. And do not let the eunuch say, I am just a dry tree. For thus says the Lord, To the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths, who choose the things that please me, and hold fast my covenant, I will give in my house and within my walls a monument and a name better than sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. I think one of my problems sometimes is I run away too much. How often have I chosen to run away from God instead of toward God and the healing that I missed? How often am I afraid to run towards someone or to shelter in a place because the people are different? As we prepare ourselves for communion, we come to this table, and it's a healing place. And one thing to mention about these stories, about what happened after Easter, is that God is speaking to the church. And the church listened. And when we stop and when we listen, we'll discover that God is calling us by name. Thanks be to God.